It's time for another Root Issues podcast. I'm in the booth today with Mr. Luke. Hello. And Mr. Steve. Hello. Alyssa had a, another pressing appointment, so she won't be joining us today. So it's it's the boys club, but not that we only want boys' thoughts or anything like that. So if you ever have a thought, you know, as I always say at the end, just reach out and touch us at rootissues at ccaspen.com. But anyway, we are jumping in. We're still in the Not Just Human being spiritual in a secular world series and we have hit that pinnacle in second corinthians that we were just talking about like everybody knows therefore we're going to be looking at second corinthians 5 11 through 21 which then has that incredible therefore therefore verse has a couple of therefore wait it's got like it's it's therefore (laughs) yeah and so this therefore section man we are going to be jumping into what does it mean to be a new creation you know we're not talking about just an update we're not talking about a new skin cover we're talking about a new creation like you know iphones get updated New iPhones are the same iPhone, but just with new components. It's not a this is new a hardware creation. switch, not a yeah, software. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is a hardware switch, a new creation. And so then I have to think, like, you know, well, what does it mean to be an old creation? Mm. Outdated. Mm. Outdated? You're calling me outdated? Well, to be an old creation, you're going to yeah. die at some point, you know? Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, and so we're going to just jump in. We're just going to jump in because there's so many topics. We're not going to, like, kick it here or there with 60 seconds. Luke brought up a great point that he wanted to talk about, and I want to go there. I, which, which point are we talking about here? Well, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick one of the ones. Yeah, pick one of the ones, but, okay. it, you know, I mean, we're going to get to identity for sure. Yeah. And I think everybody can, like, relate to identity. I think a lot of these tie together in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. But the first thing that you kind of said in the sermon would, what is there left to rebel against? Yes, that is the one. And it's a, it's, it's a really cool thought process. You think about it and like, yeah, I mean, I guess we have truly rebelled against everything in human history. Like what is mm-hmm. there left to rebel against? But I think it comes down to the same thing we have always rebelled against and always mm-hmm. rebelled for, which is our morality mm-hmm. or not our morality, but the morality God put in our hearts. Yes. And so, there's, you know, that the church has fought for it. We continue to fight to get that back. And, yeah. And the and Satan keeps trying to take that away and distort it. Mm-hmm. So I think that is really what most of all these social justice, all these things that are going on are trying to mm-hmm. change the morality. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I would add on that, like, you know, like it is time for us to rebel against the dehumanization of people. Mm-hmm. You know, because that is at the root. Like, no one can understand their identity if they don't even understand that they're a human. Yeah. And that has been dehumanized. You know, you know, you're whatever you feel, you're whatever you believe, you're whatever and how you dress. But there's no more presence and power in the sense of, I'm a man, I'm human, and I'm a child of God. There's no more truth, right? Yeah. You can be whatever you want to be, mm-hmm. if it's true or not. Yeah. And so I would say, yeah, we could rebel against the dehumanization of our species. What would you say we should rebel against, Mr. Wood? Well, oh, I, I, I mean, think we, we, we let's dive in. I think I mean, this Jesus Revolution movies just yeah. come out, all right? And it, it raises all kinds of questions. You know, that was the sexual revolution, the drug culture, yep. and there was all kinds of rebellion, right? But behind that rebellion was a very clear um, – uh, seeking, at least mm-hmm. in part of that uh, mm-hmm. yeah. rebellion, was a seeking of truth of, mm-hmm. of something, and 
And obviously, that's where the Jesus movement came. Is these yeah. hippies turned? They're like, okay, this is not it. This the the drugs, the drug culture, all of this is, uh, you know. And they had Vietnam, so it wasn't the yeah. government. You know, they they're like, where's the answer, right? Yeah. Um, and and there was a real sense of truth. And I think you you flip that today. Um, and where is that? Where is the yeah. seeking today um, of truth, of, mm-hmm. of a new creation? And I think what you said is Luke is right. We're just grasping, right? We've turned so inward to the self uh, mm-hmm. today that, um, and we've lost any sense of, uh, you know, of coming together and a, a yeah. seeking. And so uh, I think that's what God has to sovereignly do. I yeah. think it's coming. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what it is. I'm not sure if it's going to be a rebellion against just media. I mean, like I think yeah. I said, what if the young people said, you know what, we're done with our cell phones. We're done with, you know, yeah. social media. We're going to, you know, we're going to rebel against all that yeah. because you're controlling us. Boom, mm-hmm. we're done. I mean, that would be a pretty serious, I mean, that would be a pretty radical yeah. revolution, right? Well, how, how would that go down? That'd be in the history books for sure. That'd be yeah. in the history books, right? Uh, can you imagine the corporate moguls scampering around and it, it, yeah. we can't control people anymore. We can't control yeah. our, There's no more mind control wow. on what they see. Yeah, or marketing is, yeah, or anything. Like, lost. what would we do? I mean, my job yeah. would kind of <laughs> go out the window. On yeah. that well, no, I, mean, you know, I wouldn't say like, you know, because you're going to document that revolution. Yeah, but in the sense of creating promotion yeah. for and those I don't see that happening but maybe on a maybe on a smaller scale right in the sense of wow i I need to focus my mind on something and this is where i think our question right is what does it mean to be a new creation and the glorious good news of the gospel um and what you see in that movie depicted so well was uh, what many have tagged the orphan spirit we Mm. come into this world as orphans disconnected from our heavenly father uh, all the deep questions in our heart, where do we belong? Are we loved? Are we accepted? Where's purpose? Um, and an orphan spirit is one that is very isolated, very independent, right? Mm-hmm. Is always grabbing well, for their to. own, yeah. right? Survival, yeah. survival, doesn't know where home is, all these things. Yeah. Um, aloneness, right? Um, and this is what's really magnifying. And I think you brought the word up, Chris, dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so the farther we go now with the what we see in our culture of just tearing down God's created order mm-hmm. and, and what God has for us, you see more and more dehumanization, right? Absolutely. And we're seeing that with technology, yeah. AI, transhumanism, yeah. all this stuff, um, versus this glorious good news, right? Mm-hmm. Which what God has for us is we're going to be a new creation, yeah. right? In his image and to flourish, to become like him. Righteousness, yeah. right? Holiness, things that are like, oh, nobody's seeking in general for those in yeah. our culture yet. Um, but that's the goal of the church is to uphold that good news to a, to a, a culture and people who – uh, we should be pointing out that yeah. what, where is this going, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody, all this movement that's happening right now in our culture, nobody has a, a vision. Nobody's cast a vision. Nobody has a clue where it's going. Yeah, there's no They don't know sign. if it's going to be good. And I would advocate, tell me, any of this, has the emotional, <laughs> spiritual, psychological, physiological, anything improved mm-hmm. in our yeah. culture because of all these, quote, freedoms as such? A no, right? Anxiety is skyrocketing. Just go down the list mm-hmm. of things. But nobody is honestly... Uh, thinking about that. And so our role is not to, to to get out there and judge, right? Our role is as believers in the world to say, look, there's something, will you please, would you be open to something better? Yeah. Something that answers and brings freedom and brings real um, 
a new creation, something wow. completely new. So let, let's put it to this way, because I love putting bullet points to it to kind of help people connect the dots. So could we both, or all three of us, agree, like in the sense that okay, part of being a new creation means that you become a seeker. Okay, and when I say a seeker, I mean it's like what are you seeking? Because I think right now in our culture, you know, we want to associate the thumb scroll, we want to associate the multiple levels of social media platforms that a person ingests each day as oh well they're seeking for something, but really they're just looking in that to be told. And so they we need to change from being told this is what's good, this is nice, this is good, wear that outfit. Oh, check out this new axe. I'm like, there's a new axe that I want. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Like that would like take my, you know, papa level up high at car camping. You know, if I walked out with this wielded battle axe to manage my fire. But to say, okay, what are you truly seeking? Because I think we've lost the art of understanding what it means to seek, what it means to scratch and claw for something that is going to give us satisfaction. I started reading um, Severe Mercies last night. And, he, you know, in the first chapter he talks about, because he's, you know, visiting his old homestead and such, and then he correlates, like, maybe going to heaven is like a homecoming. You know, like he was seeking, like, what is heaven? And so, you know, and so I think we've lost that ability to seek. And so maybe we could say being a new creation, part of that is you become a seeker because we're never going to be full of God. We're never going to understand everything that he has for us, but yet we've constantly seeking out his truth to impart it and make application of our life. Yeah, that's that's part of the first work of the Spirit of God in our life, to illuminate us mm-hmm. and awaken in us, right, the reality of this orphan spirit. I need to start turning like the prodigal yeah. home, yeah. right? There is a homecoming. There is, I was created. There is a loving God. Let me seek after that. Yeah. And there's this wooing and, mm-hmm. you know, a movement. And all of us could give testimony of that in our life before yeah. we actually met Jesus and were mm-hmm. actually saved. But as you said, it doesn't begin then. It, that, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, yeah. right? Uh, in other words, the whole Christian life we're saved into is to actually awaken, bring yeah. alive a seeking of God, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, a seeking of his purposes, right? Yeah. And a will for our life. And so, yeah. And so when I think about like the social media feeds and the streams, it's like it's not so much seeking as so much as somebody else is telling me this is joy. You know, toes on the beach, you know? Yeah. Like that's joy. And so, well, if I want joy, I got to go take a picture of my toes on the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, well, really, you're just being programmed. You're not seeking. You're being programmed and you're being numbed. Well, you're, your follow- yeah. you're following numbed. things that aren't, mm-hmm. yeah, shouldn't be followed. Yeah. Um, and I think the art of thinking for ourselves, for seeking, for uh-huh. journeying, the pursuit of truth is, has been lost to a degree. And I think a big thing on that is the foundation from which we seek from. Yeah. And I think a generation or two back, the foundation was still based on the word of God in a sense. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was still, the morality was more pure than it is now. And now, instead of the Bible being taught in schools, children are being taught they come from monkeys. Yeah. They're an accident, essentially, and they come from nothing. And when you think about that, it's almost like how the Greeks used to think, um, as opposed to so this is kind of a hard analogy to explain, yeah. but the Jews, let's say the Jews are people that um, Peter would minister to, mm-hmm. I think in like Acts 2. And the way you would minister to Jews is they already understood 
that there is a one true God. Yep. There is sin. Yep. And there is uh, death, yeah. the punishment for sin, right? They just didn't understand the savior aspect of it. Yet. Uh-huh. Yep. Or still don't do this day. Then you have the Greeks on the other end, which is kind of, uh, I think, Acts 17, how Paul uh, would kind of minister to them. And it was in the sense of they didn't know they had multiple gods. Yeah. They had no understanding of what sin was. They, didn't, they weren't aware that they were sinful, right? All the gods they followed, that's what they would do all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't know why death was there, right? Yeah. It was something that they didn't understand. And so the way he ministered to them was they had, they had the unknown God, right? Yeah. So he, he talked to them like that. And I think we almost need to approach ministry now as we did to the Greeks because mm-hmm. we have that, people have that understanding. They don't know what God is. Yeah. They don't know what sin is. They don't know that they're broken. Yeah. Whereas if you minister Jews, they, they already know that stuff. So the, yeah. the way we approach how we minister is different. And also the foundations of those, of the kids these days are different. So we have to approach differently. We can't just start with, hey, the gospel, Jesus died for you for your sin. Like, well, what is sin? What do I care? Like, I can do whatever yeah. I want. Mm-hmm. And so I think to become a new creation, we have to go back to creation yeah. and explain the fall of man and why we need a savior. But that is the gospel. That's good. That, yeah, that so so instead of God, like, our the misconception paying of, everyone lie. Yeah. The misconception of the gospel starts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and yeah. John. You have to, the gospel starts in Genesis, right? Yeah, so. totally. But I mean, it's like, you know, we're going to look at this, like here, like there's this one statement that you, you put, like as we look at being a new creation, I mean, I think what you're saying is like as we are new creations, we need to know that I, this ministry of reconciliation is ours. And so we are to engage people. Yeah, they don't know that they're broken, but they know they're broken. Mm-hmm. Or they know that the world that they live in is broken because they're incomplete, they're not fulfilled, they're not satisfied. And so this statement comes in real big. Like, the majority of our problems, and especially relational problems, are a result of regarding ourselves and others according to the flesh, not embracing the reality of being a new creation in Christ. Jesus. Now, obviously, like, you know, for somebody who doesn't know Jesus, you know, he hasn't moved into being a new creation. But for me, as a new creation, I am still bent and tainted to look at other people just in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at them through my flesh, not through my spirit, and not as a, the new creation they could be. And there's terms that get thrown out there like, you know, oh, you're, 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 you know, you're digging for the gold. You know, you're trying to bring the gold out of a person. You're trying to say, I see what they are right now, but I also see what they will be when they come to know Christ and they become a new creation. So that's my role as a new creation. And for me to be able to do that, I have to be seeking God on a daily basis. I have to be living out of his spirit. And so, you know, it's kind of like I wrote down, do we really look on the inside of a person or do we or do we just observe what is going on on the outside? And I think so many times our assistance and care for people is simply on the outside. Mm-hmm. And we don't ever move to that inside. Absolutely. And the inside is where the root is, right? That's yeah, in, inside is where the root is, <laughs> and it's the root issue. And so, you know, it's kind of in that process. Another cool statement that might trigger some comments is what drives us emotions or truth and so like how does that play into being a new creation yeah it's all about like the lens you look through people and i i guess the hard question right now is like how do you switch from looking at someone through the flesh yeah to like how you look at someone in the inside i guess the first way would be just like seeing them as a creation of god Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And they have they have a choice. They have free will. Yeah. And so that's and how how do you go about like if you see a kid <laughs> and he's struggling on the outside? Yeah. And it's you can look at him. He's like throwing a fit. He's doing all these like you know yeah. he's throwing stuff around. He's not listening to. You. That's mm-hmm. looking at him on the flesh, I guess. But also that's a result from what's in the inside. How do you look at that and figure out what's the root problem there? Yeah. You guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, think about it though. I mean, it's like just this real simple truth. Like, you know, if I got a kid who's throwing a tantrum, tantrum, that's the scab. That's mm-hmm. showing me that he's got something wounded inside of him or there's a need that's not being met or a lie that he's believing. And so, you know, looking to the inside is like, okay, my kid's like throwing a fit on the floor right now. That's his problem. My problem is I need to understand what need is not being met. Where is he dysfunctioning? And sometimes, you know, because we, we covered this in parenting class, sometimes it's just disobedience. They didn't get what they wanted. And so then the foot has to come down. Be like, listen, that behavior is not okay. But then other times it's like, hey, tell me about your day. Well, you know, like Jolly, like he, he said I was stupid and I couldn't read as good as, okay. So tell me more about that. And now you're finding out like, oh, there was some woundedness on their identity because of something another child said. Mm-hmm. And so then you, you start putting oils and salves and stuff on that wound. Then now their attitude and behavior change because you are ministering to that inside root that was showing this outside behavior. And so it, it's, it's, a, it's a craft and it's a skill, but it's not one you can do outside of probably God. Okay. And then, Steve, I guess yeah. I have a kind of a question. Is there like different, is there almost like ministry to minister to the flesh and then minister to the inside? Is, that, is there a difference there, mm. do you think? Yeah, that's a good, good question. Uh, I think there's difference, obviously, but it's integrated, obviously, because the flesh is that principle sin nature in us that, is working against the new creation, right? It's wanting to keep us in the old way of life, the old sin patterns, yeah. all of that, flesh patterns. Uh, and, and so, you know, the Bible gives us all kinds of resources. The primary one is God with the Holy Spirit, yeah, right? Totally. Through the Word and the promises to, to give us, uh, move us in the direction, right, of the, uh, of the new creation. Um, but I think this is back to verse 16, the therefore, right? We're no longer to look <laughs> at people according to the flesh, right? Yeah. Um, according to the sin. In other words, and this would so radically transform our evangelism yeah. or how we love people, how we yeah. engage people, even obviously starts within the church, right? It's just a new lens. So to mm. be a new creation, our eyesight, we see differently. Our eyes are open to the spiritual realm, to the glory of God and His yeah. great plan. And um, you know, we've shed that orphan spirit. We have mm. our identities being built up, our confidence in God, His promises as a child of God. We see differently, and that should right. Really, we should see people differently. Look yeah. at people coming, and that should change the context of our relationship with people. Um, as Chris, you were pointing out, right, is is not so focused on the outside, but to really right trust in the Holy Spirit. What is going on here on the inside? Um, and have a vision for people, right? Uh, be broken for people when yeah. they continue to do things in their life that are dehumanizing them, that are yeah. moving them away from God and uh, what's best for them towards mm-hmm. something that just puts them more and more in bondage, right? Yeah. And, uh, and in an un, you know, tears, fragments their soul. Uh, and that would radically, because most of us, even in the church, right, we deal with, we judge, right, yeah. on the outside, rather than being overwhelmed by what God's done for us. 
and uh, in taking that in into uh, relationship. So I think the two things that have come up. One is the new creation. It changes, first of all, how th- this new view of how God sees yeah. us. So I start embracing how God really sees me and loves me. That's the removal of that orphan spirit uh, and to be a child of God. I yeah. start seeing myself as a child of God. Yeah. Then once that happens, now I can have a different lens, a different view for how I see others. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's the vertical first, then the horizontal. And yeah. that's the new creation working itself out. Right. Totally. And I mean, when you think about it, it's like, you know, you know, we go into like verse 16, from now on, therefore we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. And then verse 17, this is the one everyone probably has heard. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I mean, when you read that, like, oh, the old has passed away. It's gone. You know, but I think there's still like a process, you know, like, are you seeking God? Are you seeing yourself? I mean, even just like, do I see myself in the flesh or do I see myself as spirit? Right. You know, because how I see myself is going to ultimately determine how I see everybody else. That's right. You know, like everybody else is in such better shape than me. So it raises a big question yeah. for us today, right? Mm-hmm. Is how how do we apply that truth? Yeah. Right? How do how That's do people it. grow in the confidence and health mm-hmm. of being a new creation mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus? Yeah. How does that happen? And, yeah. Um, and I, I will just, there's obviously many things here, um, but what we see in the scripture, what is so broken down today is we're so individualized that we think just a quiet time or our own, we live in this individual world and yeah. that can only happen, right? As we, as we understand when I am, uh, the orphan spirit is, mm. is that aloneness, right? Yes. I can do it on my own. I got this. I got this. Exactly. Hey, Chris, do you need help? Nope. Right. Exactly. Um, and my time is my time. Yeah. My weekend's my weekend. Yeah. Um, when the transformation comes in new creation, we become moved from an orphan spirit to be a child of God, meaning a child of God is part of God's family. Yeah. I cannot grow in that unless I see myself growing as part of the family of God, right? Without that community, without that engagement, whether it's discipleship and uh, the larger church family being uh, uh, pressing into that, that's where this new creation is fleshed out. Without that, is there is really very little transformation, and that's mm-hmm. the struggle that's happening right within the church. Why you have Christians who are not really yeah. uh, coming into that fullness and that freedom, the joy of new creation, right? Because um, they don't see. We do yeah. not see today that that is necessary, right? Yeah. To be a child is to be part of the family of God, and we still are trying to live the orphan life. That mm-hmm. my time, my week, my hours are yeah. mine. Right, Um, and to see the lack of priority of being the the family of God. Yeah, I think that it's almost like an image of a. There's like a rich man, right? And he has sons, and Mm -hmm. maybe some of them, you know, go away. Almost like the prodigal son of like trying to live with the blessings. This is sorry, the prodigal son living with the blessings of God while doing what you want to do ends in you with nothing. Yeah, Um, and then the whole. So okay, we start off. We start. We all start off as orphans. Yeah. Um, would you say so? And then the transformation starts on the inside. If you don't see any transformation from on the outside at a certain point, do you have a concern there, or what? 
That's the thought. Yeah, and again, this is such a big problem today, right? Because ah, we, 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 you know, there's not consequences. You know, the age of entitlement and judge, don't be judging. But the scripture is very clear: is that, um, and this is back to being part of the family. When I see myself as a new creation, part of the family, there is this vulnerability that I'm telling you, right, my brothers in Christ, you need to look at me. You need to hold me accountable to the Word of God. Yeah. And uh, so if there is no fruit, Jesus, it's pretty clear, right, in the Word that the fruit is what is proof of the decision, right? And so we're to continue. That's why it's necessary for us to be in communion, uh, community together, is uh, is to see that fruit grow. Yeah. So, yes, without fruit, right, it's very difficult to say um, that something is really happening on the inside, mm-hmm. right? Um, and let's just face it, for all of us, when we first come to Christ— you know, some people have radical change, right? Yeah. Just boom, this and then that, right? And you saw that in the movie, right? During yeah. the Jesus row, during the Jesus movement, that was happening. Boom, hippie one day, the next day, boom, right? <laughs> the Jesus. drugs were gone, it, you know. Yeah. And when I grew up, most of my friends, man, when they accepted Jesus, it was the part, it was a radical change. Mm-hmm. And the immediate thing you saw overnight was the language changed. How they talked changed, their desires changed, there was conviction of the Holy Spirit yeah. immediately. Without those things right uh we have to question right is it just a fair and what we have today sadly is we have to weed out the therapeutic conversions just i need jesus to fix this for me but they don't really come to him for for the new creation i just want him to help me with this issue right that's not conversion yeah no but i mean you know it too it's like you know we get handed everything and then there is this you know it's not that we earn it but the seeking Seeking God's comfort, seeking God's peace. Like, I can seek God's peace or I can, you know, administer this. Like, you know, for me, for a long time, it was a can of cake icing, you know? It's just living a life that, because a lot of people say they believe just with their mouth, right? But if you really believe with your actions and stuff, it's like existing with knowing that there is a God. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's like, yeah, I'm existing and I know there is a God and, you know, someday we're going to meet, but there's not this seeking, like, you know, where's the hunger and the passion to be in the Bible? Where's the hunger and the passion to see his word transform things? I mean, we want God to fix things, but yet his word is what transforms our heart. And that is what fixes and sends us into a better place of being a new creation i mean and and even in that like you know you know when you think of new creation you think of like one time it's done you know but it's this continual process i mean if you looked at you know just the disciples way of living they were constantly having to make the choices to continue to follow christ and i think it's so uncanny that we have followers like, you know, like, oh, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook. Like, the, the word choice there, like, we have conditioned people that following is a click. Following is a viewing of their snapshots or their statements, a Twitter follow. Like, oh, did you see that? Oh, I'm following him. That was a good statement. You know, like, I just got a snapshot of the statement, but I'm not seeking what does he really say is truth. And, when, and, and that, yeah. you know, I think it was Kierkegaard, right, that wrote against Jesus, did everything he could do not to just have admirers. Yes. He wanted followers. followers. What we've been conditioned today mm-hmm. is just to have admirers. Yeah. 
we call it following, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. And that's the same thing in the church. Yeah. Is is we even our teaching often everything is just to get you know we looked we're happy if people just admire Jesus. But yeah. He did everything, said everything, some strong things, count yeah. the cost, everything, everything else. He was looking for followers, and that is a radically different thing than someone who's just an admirer. And so, like as we look at our culture, one of the things we have to reclaim is the true meaning of being a follower of Christ. Do you think the better word would be like disciple? Well, I mean, I think we have the right to take the word follower back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't (laughs) know. Well, we have to define it, right? Yeah, but I mean, but biblically speaking, yeah, like it would be a disciple, but then like, oh, but what is disciple and what is discipleship, you know? And it's like, you know, if I've got somebody who I'm discipling, does that mean they move in with me? (laughs) You know, because I mean, that would be very uncomfortable right now because I'm like, you know. Or you move out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, or I move out and live with them, you know. I mean, but I mean, it is. It's it's like, you know, I think so many people think they're hitting the nail on the head, but they're really just hitting the two by four next to the nail. Right. Because they don't really grasp what does it mean to follow. Like, you know, what is and that's seeking our fault, him? Right? I mean, that's the out. church's fault. Is mm-hmm. We have not defined to stop. It has become a very broad yeah. word rather than really biblically um, defining it as far as yeah. what Jesus meant by what it means to yeah. follow him. Um, and so that's our work, right, yeah. internally, right, to uh, yeah. to get people in discipleship to understand yeah. that. And I mean, you know, and you can tell right away, like, I have some people who, like, man, something major happens, and then, like, we're doing discipleship together, we're studying together, we're trying to hold each other accountable, and something major happens, and, like, I'm the first text. You know, and so then it's like, okay, so I'm not God, I'm not Jesus, I'm not the Holy Spirit, so now it's like, you know, what was your first response? Text me to get the answer. You know, that's great because you're not looking to yourself to know the answer. You're coming to a place of like, dude, I am not my best answer. Chris is. No, I'm not. You know, but it's then transitioning them to like your best answer is, did you did you pray about it? Did you ask God? Did you did you just like stand there and go like, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? You know, and that communion of saying my subjection to follow you means you have authority on the decisions I make. That's cool. You know, yeah. I, I watched a really cool documentary yesterday. It's about this uh, doctor working. I forgot where, but in a place where he's making no money, where he could be making a lot of money. Yeah, and, totally. And he said something. Um, it's not because what we have done um, that has made us who we are, but what the Lord has done in us. Mm-hmm. So totally. it's not what, Excellent. Yeah. what we read, what we do that changes us, but allowing God to change us from the inside out. So. Yeah. Excellent. That's a good, you know, excellent summation there. Very cool. Well, uh, what else do y'all want to throw out here? I mean, you know. So we kind of land this thing. That was you know, kind of the land. That's a great land right there. there. Why don't okay. you say that again for us? Yeah, you? say that again, and then I'll yeah. take us yeah. out. But hey, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's not because what we have done that has made us who we are, but what the Lord has done in us. And so, yeah, so we just want to leave you with that thought. If you hear nothing else from this podcast, what has God done in you? Because that is truly what is making you who you are. And so we want to thank you for listening to another Midweek Jolt Root Issues podcast. If you do want to reach out and touch us, you can always contact us at rootissues at ccaspen.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have and pray for you to have a blessed week.